pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. So let's go to prayer. Father God, we honor you for who you are as our sovereign Lord, creator of the universe and all that abides in it. We praise you and give you all the glory this morning and every day, Lord, for the life that you give us to live and live more abundantly by the equipping and the knowledge and the wisdom and the faith that you have given us to be your ambassadors for Christ. You teach us daily how to be in the world without being of the world. Ambassadors for your son, our savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, Lord, we invite you into our conversations. We invite you into this teaching. By the blood of Jesus, we cover this meeting with your sovereign hand. By the blood of Jesus and the word of God, we judge right now every hindering spirit that would attempt to come against your sovereign teaching plans this morning. We arrest any spirit of witchcraft that works to steal, kill, and destroy. And we loose abundantly your Holy Spirit to be my guiding hand and word and to be our sovereign protection. Lord, as I impart the wisdom and plans that you have given me to lead us deeper into the knowledge and wisdom of faith fitness, to better equip us to understand spiritual warfare, Lord, we ask that you would bind the spirit of sleepiness, the spirit of apathy, the spirit and demon of lethargy. I take authority over you right now in the name of Jesus, and we awaken our spirits to be uppermost, to ultimately allow us to overcome today and every day by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Amen. So this morning, our subject is spiritual warfare. And Gabe, you can go ahead and advance. Thank you. Our subject is spiritual warfare. Our mission is to be equipped and strengthened for engaging the plans of God. And our goal today, if you can remember three simple goals, this is spiritual warfare 101. And I do not say that lightly because 101 is the avos of the thing, right? That's what Pastor Larry teaches us. In Jewish wisdom. So this is the avos of the thing. And it is no coincidence, right? Because there are no coincidences in what we do. That you all are sitting in the chairs you're sitting in today. For this morning's teaching. Because you have an ability to hear what needs to be heard. To see what needs to be seen. And to do what God has called us to do. So I honor you this morning for showing up. I celebrate you this morning for being part of a community that truly does learn the equipping of the word. Again, I happen to be the one this morning with the mic, but that doesn't mean that I'm the only one with the mic. When we go away from here today, I want you to really feel the victory and the empowerment of knowing the circle of influence that you carry that you change the atmosphere wherever you go. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit that resides within you and the spiritual authority that God's word in you with the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior goes before you to make the crooked places straight. Amen? So the four principles or goals this morning that I would like you to uh, retain 
One, we're going to talk about definitions, simple definitions of spiritual warfare. Most likely you've already heard these, but I want you to listen with open ears and ask the Holy Spirit to give you an awakening of something that maybe you have not heard before. And we're going to do this in interactive conversation because to study the word in community means that we are better equipped to understand what the word says. If I've learned anything as a student at DTS thus far, Dallas Theological Seminary, because I'm now a student again, I'm learning the power of studying the word in community, being equipped with the revelation of knowing that the God in you is just as big as the God in me. He is no respecter of persons. We cannot continue to believe that we have something that someone else does not. Yes, we do have something that someone else does not have because individually we're equipped uniquely, but our authority by the word of God and our relationship with Jesus Christ is equal. And when you dive in to study the word and it becomes who you are, not what you do, then the authority that you speak with gives you the authority to speak to what God takes you to overcome. Amen. So again, the four things we're going to study, definition, discernment, spiritual posture and position, precepts, prayer points, tools, and again, humility to learn how to gather together to guard our godly anointing. So the word of God in 1 Peter 1.3, if you want to turn there briefly, I'm going to read from there a little bit, and then we're going to advance in a minute to the next slide to talk about the scripture. We're not quite there, Gabe, so we're, we're good. We're, we're good. 1 Peter 1.3, I'm sure you've read this before, but we're going to read it again with God's authority. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who accordingly to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is to be reborn from above spiritually, transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, verse 4 says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, so I'm, my words that I'm speaking may be slightly different because I like the Amplified Version in this particular scripture. Born anew, in verse 4 it says, into an inheritance which is imperishable beyond the reach of change and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. In this you rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed from various trials. Wow. Does that not speak powerfully about who God is who he created us to be, and who he says we are going to encounter and what he says we're going to encounter, not necessarily because we've done anything or we've misappropriated something 
or we are in sin. Now that is a possibility of spiritual warfare and we will get into that. But for this foundational truth, I want you to see and I want you to know the elementary awareness that when we become saved, transformed and renewed, we don't get a pass on trials and tribulations. I mean, raise your hand if you've gone through something. Raise your hand if you're in something. Raise your hand if you think in the future there might be something you're going to go through, right? We are victorious in the season that God has called us in because of his grace and mercy and his revelation of the word. That does not mean that we can't show up faithfully to be engaging in a way that is godly so that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's the focus of spiritual warfare, appropriating what God has done, what God says to do, and what God will do. That's the key to the kingdom, knowledge, binding, loosening, and discernment, which we're going to learn about in a little bit. Amen? Okay, uh, two scriptures that are on my mind for just a little bit of strength as we go through this equipping. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, right? For thou, we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world, very much a key for spiritual warfare, which we will talk about. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Second Colossians, Colossians 10, 3, 5. A couple of foundational scriptures that really help me in going through the process of appropriating what God says to appropriate to overcome. Okay, Gabe, you can advance it to the next slide, please. Spiritual Warfare 101, you have probably heard this scripture many, many, many times. Let it get deep in with your spirit, into your spirit, and let it resonate in your soul. Spiritual Warfare 101, foundational truth found in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. This is my foundational scripture that I know that I know that I know has power to break the stronghold of whatever the enemy brings my way. Because the living word of God is a tool. It goes out to cut. It comes back to heal. When we speak it with authority and godly intentions, and we're going to talk a little bit about godly intentions because there's some right standing that needs to happen for that to be real The word of God does what it says it will do. Amen? So Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand firm. Amen. You can advance to the next slide, Gabe, please. So in order to fully engage with proper spiritual authority, we first need to understand what we are engaging by definition, right? So just out of curiosity, raise your hand if you feel led to tell me what you think spiritual warfare is. How do you experience spiritual warfare? There's no really right or wrong answer. It's I want to hear from you to be able to understand that what we're studying is not just a teaching in a book. It's a logos word, right? But it has to become a rhema word, which is appropriated for the propitiation of what Christ did on the cross in our own life. That is revelation for spiritual spiritual warfare 101 to be overcome. Amen. So who's bold enough to tell me what their, what their definition of spiritual warfare is this morning? I know I've got some strong prayer warriors out there. So come on, people. Yes, ma'am. In, in your heavenly language, is that what you're saying, or in the natural? Uh, well, in the natural, would be the word of God, and then the, um, the, the speaking in tongues. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Very good. And that is probably the highest level of awareness that we can do, right? Because we are speaking to God, spirit, our spirit, to the Holy Spirit, rather than praying what we think in the natural needs to happen. And and God overrides our ability to understand. And just a quick tool, because this is equipping class, right? So we are learning to be equipped and to be stronger. Just a little side note. Do you know that when I got saved, one of the first things that Dean and I um, were taught in intercessory prayer, as students of intercessory prayer, We were taught to take the word of God and the person, the pastor leading intercessory prayer would give us a scripture and we had to read the scripture in the natural while we were praying in the spirit. Now, let me tell you, that will challenge you to retain the word and to understand what the Holy Spirit is downloading to you. So if you have not tried that, I recommend it. Because it really is an equipping tool to be able to help us understand who we are, spirit, soul, and body. Who else? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. 
That, that is so true, so very true. All great wisdom. Thank you, ladies. So just a couple of foundational um, points of definition. I'm going to go to Webster's, and then I'm going to talk a minute about Hebrew and give you an overall definition that I found that I've, I believe is encompassing of what we're describing. So the definition first of a spirit, a supernatural being or essence such as a demonic spirit, small s, very important, small s versus large s. If you do not really grasp in the spirit realm the difference between capital S Holy Spirit, small s demonic spirit, your warfare will not be successful, right? Discernment. Warfare as a noun, By definition, military operations between the enemies, and then in capital letters, hostilities and war. Struggle between competing entities, conflict. Tension between God's plan and the enemy's plan, right? The scripture says the enemy will always come to steal, kill, and destroy. How many times, ladies and gentlemen, though, do we not remember the rest of that verse? But God comes to give us life and life more abundantly. The battle is his. It is not ours. We are ambassadors to show up in the spirit realm, even though we are spiritual beings having a natural experience. We are people living in the natural. We cannot fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. We have to know our spiritual tools and our spiritual warfare to be able to win. Spiritual warfare, by definition, the Christian version of the concept is taking a stand against supernatural evil forces. The foundation of this ideology is having a belief that evil evil spirits do exist, which are able to interfere in human affairs. I would add to that, they're able to interfere in human affairs. Why? Give me what you think. Why does the enemy have access sometime to our human affairs and our lives? Anybody? Shout it out. Yes, ma'am. He's deceitful and doubtful. Yes, he is deceitful and doubtful. Who else? Anyone else? He's a manipulator. He's a manipulator. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes. 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 Discernment matters. Whenever we are faced with the trial, remember we talked earlier, the trial will come. But what is the trial about and what is the legal title to the trial? Okay? Now, without getting into a theology debate... There are times, I believe, my personal belief, there are times when I believe the enemy has legal title to our life based on our inheritance. Pastor Larry teaches on this. Generational curses, generational blessings. Even as Christians, if we do not take time to clean up and appropriate the spiritual DNA that we've inherited, it can cause havoc in our lives and show up in ways that we are unaware of, right? Amen. It can come through, as you said, 
sinful open doors, if we're overtly engaging in, as in sin as a spiritual being, a Christian ambassador for Christ, we have now given the enemy legal title to create war in our life. If God, not that God gives us disease or God gives us havoc, there are times, though, when God allows something to happen. Again, I don't want to debate theology, but the reality is there is scripture that says in Job, right? In Job, the enemy came to God and said, what about Job? And God said what? Have you considered Job my righteous son? It's pretty, it's pretty plain. It's pretty plain. So this is why discernment matters. Again, spiritual 101, the challenge, the trial, the tribulation, the testimony is the equipping of the faith-based understanding of appropriating God's plans into what the enemy means to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? From a, that's the biblical definition. From a um, Hebrew definition, I thought this was very interesting. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm not a theologian yet. I'm studying to be one. So give me grace if I've missed this. And Pastor Larry is the best at taking the Hebrew knowledge and applying it into our everyday life. So I looked up a Hebrew word for warfare and the word, I don't have it on a slide, but it's spelled, you can make a note and look it up later because I always like to say, check who is speaking at the pulpit, right? There are going to be times when as humans, those of us that speak the word from the pulpit, get it right. A hundred percent, God's grace covers our intentions. And if there's a missed opportunity as people in the pew, it's our responsibility to go to the word. That's the equipping part to go to the word and say, Holy Spirit, this is what I heard. Tell me what they meant, because this is what you say. So we are responsible as students of spiritual understanding to do our own work, no matter who's preaching or teaching, right? Okay, so the Hebrew word that I found is spelled H-E-R-E-M or C-H-E-R-E-M, and it means something devoted to God or under a ban and sometimes refers to things or persons excuse me, to be utterly destroyed, to be utterly destroyed. Isn't that what spiritual warfare does is that God's word utterly destroys the havoc and the trials and the tribulations and the plans of the enemy. Is that not powerful? Okay. You can go to the next slide, please, Gabe. Learn to discern. Discernment matters. Discern, 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 right? So this is, before I talk a little bit about discernment, 
in the logo sense. I'm going to talk to you about discernment in the rhema sense. I have two testimonies that I learned early on about discernment and how it matters. One of them was I was blessed to go on a missions trip with a pastor, um, a seasoned, mature missionary woman of God, and two intercessors. There were five of us that went from Dallas to Cambodia in 2010 to seek out uh, territory and an area to build a safe house for human trafficking victims and to rescue children that were being uh, abused and used as commercial uh, pawns because in Cambodia, if you know anything, as I know we do now, that commerce is almost null and void there. And people literally use their children as, as an ability to pay their bills. And it's a sad, sad state. But that being said, there are missions, missionaries, and people that are helping to support Rescue the Opportunity. This particular group that I went with was... I believe one of the forerunners in that movement, this was 2010, not a lot of people were talking about um, human trafficking at that point. So a group of us went covertly to overtly understand the spiritual dynamics of what that looked like. While we were in Cambodia, we had many, many days of divine appointments. I could tell you all kinds of God stories about how God just divinely orchestrated what was going on and set it up for us to rescue a girl who was probably 10, but mentality-wise was three. Was literally, I can't even really talk about this, and I've rarely talked about this uh, publicly because it was such a uh, God thing. Guarding your anointing, and guarding your testimony sometimes is important. Not everything needs to be on Facebook and not everything needs to be told. As a spiritual, mature ambassador for Christ, use your discernment to know when to talk about what you've experienced. Do not cast your pearls before the swine. Uh, yeah, pearls before the swine. This was a situation where literally this little girl was, when I say chained, I'm not talking about uh, a simple chain, a rope. I'm talking about a three and four inch heavy chain was chained to a pole in the middle of a dirt field. Her parents lived in a hut and it was, it was distraught to even see and to be there. And she could not speak. She was uttering and mumbling and was being used as a sex traffic victim. All that to say, the powerful team that we went with had the ability to get in and work with the government, and she was legally rescued from her home and put into uh, a safe house. The reason I'm telling you that is because the enemy hates when we do the will of God and when God's plan is in play to bring down a stronghold and a principality over a an, over an, uh, demonic stronghold over a country, right? So we had just come off of rescuing this beautiful child, putting her into a safe house, and we were in a coffee shop having fellowship. We had met a nurse who was traveling with a group of women, and she became a part of our team, and God divinely orchestrated some things. The reason I'm telling you this, because in the moment of having 
common coffee fellowship and conversation, there was a spiritual attack where the missionary literally went limp and died in my arms. And the reason we know she died is because the nurse was there to check her pulse. So there's no 911. There's no ambulance that's going to come. There's no ability to say, call the medics. You have to know that you know that you know that this right here is the living word of God. And the prayer language that you have been given is for such a time as this. I immediately said, this is a spiritual attack. Spirit of death, I command you by the blood of Jesus to be gone. Spirit of infirmity, you demonic spirit of hate, defilement, whatever it was in the moment. The pastor that I was with, we prayed in the spirit. She woke up. She woke up and thank God is alive today. But part of her testimony is she, for a second, died on the field in Cambodia and was resurrected by the power of God. Ladies and gentlemen, never take lightly your mission, your warfare, and your anointing to do what God has called you to do. One other um, testimony, and then we're going to move on quickly because I my time is 945 the time that I have? 940, okay. Um, the first, very first spiritual warfare experience that Dean and I had was at our previous church where a visiting pastor was preaching on um, demonic influence and breaking strongholds and deliverance, which is, can be a controversial topic sometimes from the pulpit. Back then, there was no risk management, so uh, we were moving in the spirit and we weren't as aware culturally as we are now on how that needs to be guarded. Yes, we need to have balance in guarding it. I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying we cannot be overcome by worrying about what someone's going to say, we have to do what we're called to do in the spirit. Anyway, there was a missionary that was visiting that uh, came up for prayer and began to manifest at the altar. And I say missionary, she was saved. She was a child of God. She was a missionary actively doing missions work. And she had a legacy of pastoral inheritance. Why is that important? Because again, Not to challenge your theology, ladies and gentlemen, but the reality is a saved person can be influenced by the demonic. A saved person can have a spirit that is oppressing, depressing, and coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Discern, discern, discern. And I'll come back to that in a minute, but I need to um, get on here. So discernment, one of the tools that is in the um, bookstore, I'm going to recommend a couple books just for equipping. One of the tools that I highly recommend you get is this $5 pamphlet on spiritual disciplines. And I'm going to turn to the page on discernment and read just a couple of things because it is so, so applicable for what we we are talking about. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Scripture reading in the lifeblood of the church. The Bible equips, trains, and empowers believer to fill God's calling. Important, important, important. That's for studying of the word. 
Now for the discernment part, sorry, my little tool here got turned around. Well, oh, where my green marker is. Discernment is primarily a spiritual gift. However, all believers are called to be wise and discerning. Philippians 1, 9 through 10. While some people in the church have a special gift for discernment, everyone in the church ought to be able to discern for at least two purposes. To understand God's calling and to perceive and distinguish truth from falsehood. Very, very important. Couple uh, in the Bible, a couple things in the Bible that we learn from in terms of, of discernment. You can advance a slide, please, Gabe. Acts 19.15. The bottom one is a typo. It's not Acts 10. It's Acts 19.15. Demons know and demons obey godly authority when purely aligned. These are the words of an evil spirit in Acts 19.15. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Lord help us. We never want that to be the case. Now, when and if it does happen, remember, greater is he that lives in you, Jesus Christ, that lives in the world, and the word and the blood of the lamb will always take authority over what is happening. But the point I'm making is that the demons know who you are in the spirit realm. The need to be equipped and spiritually trained. Do not go rogue and engage in spiritual warfare if you are not trained up, if you are not prayed up, if you are not walking in forgiveness, if you are not covered. The reason I can minister and do what I do in terms of healing and deliverance is because my husband is my covering and knows, I know that he covers me and I know that he knows how to pray in the spirit, and what's going on for discernment. A side note, there are levels of authority in the spirit. You will only be able to pray and go to a place of your level of authority. Ask God to grow you and mature you in a new level, but do not overstep your measure of rule. What does that mean? There are times when I'm praying for something and the Holy Spirit will say to me, You need to ask Dean to pray over you before you go further. You need to ask Dean to pray about this while you pray about that. There is order in the spirit realm, right? God, man, wife, children. Know your spiritual authority. Know your spiritual covering of your church. The reason that we are able to do what we do is because Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz understand the spirit world. They believe and know how to pray. They understand what that means. Go to the next slide, please, Gabe. Know your spiritual identity. Know your enemy, Satan the devil, and know your authority in Jesus, as we just said. Go ahead to the next slide, please, Gabe. Tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Spirit, soul, and body to be completely healed, 
That is important. We cannot do spiritual warfare in the, in the soulish realm. We have to do it in the spiritual realm. What does that mean? What I'm reminded of here is remember the scripture. You know it well. When Jesus was about to be taken by the Romans to be crucified. And Peter took the sword and cut off the soldier's ear. Now what spirit do you think Peter was in in that moment? Say it loudly. Fleshly spirit, angry spirit. Could it be that he was in fear? Could it be that he was in pride? Could it be that he was, there was a veil he was not seeing in the spirit because he was trying to circumvent the destiny of Christ by warring in the natural instead of the spirit. However, Peter was, he had pure heart. He was in retaliation for the one he loved. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go to war cutting off, binding, and loosening without the right discernment and the right spirit. It will not appropriate what you want. It will not work. Okay? You are all mature believers and you know that, but I'm going to leave you with a couple of things. I'm going to have two. Can I go two minutes over, Pastor Lydia? Okay, there is, there are, when you study this out, um, binding and loosening, wisdom, keys, knowledge. There are three keys that Jesus tells us he holds. The key to David, the key to hell, and the key to death. There are three keys that as believers we hold. The key of knowledge, the key of binding, the key of loosening. I have scriptures for you that I'm just going to quickly go over, and I want you to write these down for reference later because I don't have time to go into them. The three keys that you as a believer hold for knowledge is Luke 11, 52, 46, and 47. The key to binding is Matthew 16, 19, and the key to loosening is Matthew 18, 18, which we know so very well. Amen. And I will give you unto thee keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 19. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, binding and loosening that whatever anything of being that he bound or loosed in heaven and earth would be bound or loosed in heaven or earth by him also. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the foundation of what we do with spiritual warfare. And the transformation, what a beautiful story of how Peter, in an instant previously, had right intentions, was in the wrong spirit, and had the keys to the kingdom, and was an example for us as keys to the kingdom, right? So do not take lightly the transformation and the equipping of what you need to do. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. I'm going to close with this in one minute. Two things. Knowledge is a noun which is learned. Use your tools, your biblical wisdom to get in and dig into the word. Wisdom is a noun defined as the ability to know what is true and right, common sense, or the collection of one's knowledge. It goes beyond the facts pulling together the knowledge and the personal experience. 
Solomon was a man after God's own heart and asked, could have asked for anything. And he asked for what? He asked for wisdom. We have to be asking for wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. Gabe, go to the final slide, please. Yep. That, well, that's it. There's two more, but this is good. Thank you. The true triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, the God, Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you and lives in me. Mainly what I want the takeaway for you to know is discernment, discernment, discernment. Read the word of God. Ask the Lord to give you a living understanding of a rhema word to apply the logos word. And above all things, begin to train yourself that when you speak about God, train yourself to not only know, but speak about the fact that he is the sovereign God. He is the living God. He is the triune God. Spirit, soul, and body we are. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The reason I'm saying that is because the world is deceived. The world uses the term God interchangeably. The world uses the term God to mean so many other things other than the sovereignty of the triune God. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are who God has called you to be, and you are a mighty prayer warrior. Spiritual Warfare 101 for faith fitness to be equipped to do what you've been called to do.